Welcome back, everybody. This is Brian Pruitt with episode four of Ball. I am super excited about being here with you guys and talking with you guys today. Um, new website is up. Uh, got new Facebook page, Ball. Look me up. Um, the website is getting a lot of hits. Please check that out, www.proveball.com. They got some blogs coming in. We have uh, obviously some podcasts rolling in. You can find those there. Um, excited to announce that we're going to have a few guest bloggers coming up. I've gotten some commitments from a couple of college coaches. Um, also, might have something coming for you guys from the strength and conditioning side of things with some people that I know from the professional world of baseball. Um, so we're really excited to have that coming along. Uh, today, I want to talk with you a little bit about the recruiting process. Um, and I want to give it to you guys from the angle of uh, the coach, uh, the angle of a former player, and the angle of a scout. Um, and I also kind of want to tell you my opinion on things and, and how I would go about doing the, those things and the recruiting process as, as a parent. All right. So let's go ahead and, and get started here. College coaches really are in the driver's seat when it comes to the recruiting process. Make no mistake about it. All right. There's some numbers here that I got and I want to share with you. And they're a little bit older. They're from 2014. But really, the percentages are going to end up about the same. 11.5% of high school baseball players get the chance to play at the collegiate level. All right? That's very, very tough to do. Those, are, those aren't very good odds. And I'm not telling you this to become negative or to, uh, to discourage goals. In fact, I want to create goals. But I also want to want there to be a reality and there will always be an honesty that comes from me in these podcasts. All right. And so going with those numbers, I also want to give you some numbers that the college coaches also have to work with. All right. So if you're an NCAA division one coach, you're allowed to have a 35 man roster every year. Okay. Scholarships are not guaranteed for multiple years. Scholarships are one-year contracts between the institution and the player. Okay? Now, is it rare for scholarships to get pulled? Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, but does it happen? Yeah, it does kind of happen too. All right? And the reason that those kinds of things happen and the reason why... Division one scholarships are so hard to come by is because Division one coaches are only allowed 11.7 scholarships for a 35-man roster. All right? So if you do the math, that is, that's less than a third of their players could be covered by a full scholarship. Now, what's nice about the way a, a lot of colleges and universities work is they allow pro programs, coaches, not only baseball, but in other sports as well, to stack scholarship money on top of baseball money. Okay, So that's why grades are so important and why coaches prefer guys with grades because they can make their offer more appealing 
to the to the prospective the PSA the prospective student athlete by stacking academic money on top of scholarship money. So let's say they can only give you the minimum athletic money, which is 25%, and you also qualify for 25% of tuition through your academics for having, say, a 3.0 GPA or a 3.3, whatever that those ac the academic standards are at that institution. Well, then... You stack those together, you got yourself a 50% scholarship. So as a coach, you are getting more with the help of the institution, all right? And it's to the credit of the prospective student-athlete, all right? So that's how grades play in to the desire of having a PSA with good grades because you can stack money and it won't cost you as much money as a, a guy with not as great of grades. As I said before, 11.7 scholarships is just not enough for that many student athletes, that many guys on a roster. It's just simply not enough, all right? To compete in the game today, you really do need to be able to have access to more scholarships. And that that's really another podcast. But it is that there is only 11.7 scholarships to, to be offered. So as a college coach, you have to spend that money very wisely and with players being able to leave from their college from their team after their junior year sometimes even their sophomore year if they're draft eligible they're, if they're draft eligible sophomores meaning they're 21 years of age by the time the draft comes around um, or maybe they're redshirt sophomores you it's really tough because you have to predict whether or not you can spend their money in case they get drafted early and they don't stay for all four years or you have to be able to save money in case they are there for all four years. Uh, and so you're trying to plan out and also replace the players and those positions that those players once filled. So you're really recruiting based off of need. Now, I would say that the majority of colleges and universities have to recruit off of need. Not every college, university can just start doing this blanket recruiting. In other words, just recruit everybody and hope that some of them don't get drafted out of high school and then just figure it out when all those guys come in and fall. And you see it all the time. And that's the reality of it. And um, it's really, in my opinion, not the best way to go about doing things. Okay, Because what ends up happening is when you do this blanket recruiting, you only have a 35-man roster. But let's say, and like I said, 11.7 scholarships. Well, let's say you have a huge freshman class coming in. You have three shortstops that could start at that Division One level. All right. Let's say you have a couple pitchers, and all of a sudden in the fall, you're over your scholarship mark because you anticipated certain people getting drafted. You didn't anticipate all those high school kids coming in, not signing, that were drafted out of high school. And now all of a sudden you're over your 11.7 scholarship mark. And that's really bad because that's going to cost you a year or two down the road. All right. And so what's going to happen? A 35 man roster and you're a player, you're looking around and you got, you're doing, the, you're counting the heads on first day of fall practice and you realize that there's 42 guys out there. Well, guess what's going to happen, guys? Not every 42, not every guy on out there is going to be on the team come springtime. All right. So it's important. 
It's very important. You understand and you get to know your coaches uh, that are recruiting you. And you're not going to a school that just blanket recruits because what will end up happening is you will just end up being a body. And you don't want to just be a body, a guy that's just a filler for inter-squad games, scrimmages, because you will not be happy doing that. All right? Now, don't get me wrong here. If if you're a guy who 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 absolutely bleeds a certain school's color, and it's been your life's goal ever since you were just the you first picked up baseball to play ball for that school, and you might be okay risking the fact that you could get cut or that you might never ever see the field or you might just be a number and going to a large school might be good for you now if that's the case then you know what if that's what you want then you absolutely should do it there's no doubt about it i'm not trying to deter you from doing something that you might have always wanted to do all right but if it was me who i was more of a guy who would have had to really battle and would have had a hard time starting at a, at a major college, a major conference college, then I would rather go to a mid-major and have a better chance of playing because I wanted to play. I wanted to impact the team not only off the field, but I wanted to impact the team on the field as well. And that was just the kind of guy I was. I wouldn't have been happy at a school that's, that would have been doing all this blanket recruiting. I can give any kind of advice it would be to really really make sure that you're not just going to a college or a university for the sake of being able to say that you went to that college or went to that university just for the sake of saying that you were played division one baseball or you played um, and were able to wear a jersey and this and that don't do that go to a certain college or university because you number one, number one rule to go to the college or university is that it has the academic program and the uh, the ability to uh, obtain something after baseball. That it, it gives you that opportunity. And that number one is going to be academics. Now, there are tons of colleges and tons of universities that offer the same program. So that really shouldn't be an issue being able to find a school that offers you the academics and the programs that you want. Um, the, the key though, is to find one that where the baseball matches up with the academics. All right. Number two, and, and it really, it's like one a and one B here. It is so important to trust the coach that is recruiting you. That relationship to me, in my opinion, is more important than any color, school colors that you might have the chance to wear, it's more important than um, than anything you could you can imagine because that coach is going to be the one that's responsible for your future. And that coach, that college coach that's recruiting you, should view that recruiting process with you as they're they're the ones that are responsible for your future. Okay, that relationship should be a trusting relationship and it should provide you with clear cut goals of um, of where they see and think that you could be. Okay, now with that being said, if a college coach or recruiting coordinator or whatever, if they guarantee you a starting job 
or they promise you a starting job, a promise and a guarantee are the same exact thing as far as I'm concerned, especially when it pertains to the recruiting process. If they ever promise you a starting job and you're in, you're still in high school, run. Run. You do not want to go there because there is no possible way that that college coach or that college recruiting coordinator can predict the future and be able to honestly tell you that you will be able to start, that your skills will continue to de- develop the way that they expect it to. They can, they, there's, there's just no way. They should not be promising you any kind of playing time in the, in the recruiting process. And quite honestly, if I'm a parent, I don't want my kid going to a school where they're going to be promised and guaranteed playing time. I want my kid to earn what they get. Because guess what? When baseball is all over, they're going to have to earn and continuously prove themselves in today's world, in the job market. It's a constant battle. And I want a coach that's going to positively encourage me to be the best player that I can be and not just hand over something to me because they promised it, you know? So that's a one thing that's one thing that's bad about a promise that actually goes through and the other thing about promises is that, is that oftentimes promises are broken all right so what happens all of a sudden let's say you're a shortstop uh, coming up and a uh, uh, college ABC in Texas says hey I want you to come in and I guarantee you you're going to be my starting shortstop for as long as you're here if the draft takes you away after my junior year after your junior year and so be it. But if you're here all four years, you're going to be my starting shortstop all four. Okay, well, what happens if you come in your freshman year and you struggle? You have a decent freshman year, very respectable, but you struggle a little bit. You struggle a little bit defensively. The game's a little bit quicker, and you have a hard time catching up. All of a sudden, that second year, there's a stud junior college shortstop that that coach can rent for a year before that kid gets drafted after his junior year. Well, guess what happens? That's going to be on. That's going to fall on your lap. You're moving over either second or third, or you're going to find your way on the bench. Because guess what? Many, many college coaches are on one-year contracts. Many of them. Very few have multiple-year contracts. Okay, and they are held accountable for their ability to win. They're win games, and they're also accountable for their ability to lose games. And so guess what? They're going to put their uh, their job on the line with guys that they know for sure and give them the best chance of winning, okay? So it's – and that happens a lot, guys. If someone's promising you something and you haven't done anything for them yet, run, okay? What a coach should say in the recruiting process is – You're going to have an opportunity to come in here and compete. And if you work hard and you continue to prove yourself, then there's a good chance that you're going to find yourself in a position that you want to be in. And that leaves the door open. Yes, there's a little wiggle room with that, but it is guidelines. Because if I'm a college coach, guess what? If I have a kid that comes in and he does those things, he competes and he proves to me that he's going to play, he can play that position, guess what? He's going to play. 
But here's the reality of it, guys. We were talking about NCAA Division One level baseball. All right, that's a high level, very elite status. All right, you know the percentage of players that make it from high school baseball to Division One level. That's two point one percent. Two point one percent of all the players that played high school baseball in 2014 went on to play Division One baseball. That's a very low percentage. All right, and I've worked college camps, I've worked other schools camps, the showcase camps, and it, it's it's almost comical how parents and players, but mainly the parents. Um, are so hung up on getting their kid in to play at a Division One school. When number one, the kid isn't talented enough. And number two, the kid just wants to go somewhere where they're a good fit. And my hat's off to those kids, and, and I've talked to many of them. Those kids just want to go somewhere where they're a good fit, where they can bond and have a good relationship with the coaches. And in the end of your four years playing college baseball, you want to have great memories. And a college degree to go along with it, of course. All right. So, so many of those kids that I would go and I would coach and I would I would write up reports on and stuff. They're not the Division One level talent. They're they're not just not there, but they're good quality baseball players. They're good quality baseball players, and there's a school out there for them. But they're so hung up on getting looked at by Division I schools that they lose out on opportunities, and they don't go to the right showcase camps, or they, you know, they spend their time emailing the wrong coaches. Instead of being realistic, parents push them in a certain direction. All right? Guys, there is nothing wrong with being a Division II student athlete. In fact, I coach at student at uh, Division II level, and those kids, those players, had just as much fun playing college baseball as the Division I level players did. Just as much fun, and they had just the same amount of memories and and everything. It, it's just there's such a infatuation with playing Division I baseball when Division II can be very competitive and it could be a great fit for a lot of players' talents. Now, Division III, I've never coached Division III. I've never played Division III, but I do know a little bit about it. All right, Division III is non-scholarship. There is no athletic scholarships with Division III baseball. However... Division three coaches can put together, at many of these institutions anyways, nice academic packages for their players. Okay, Division three schools tend to be smaller private schools. Uh, most of them are in the you know Midwest, Northeast, um, and guys that they're, they're dying to get players. They are dying to get players. All right, because they can't offer athletic scholarships, a lot of high school kids think that they can't put together or can't afford to go play Division Three baseball because there's no athletic scholarships. But they can. They can. They've stacked some academic scholarships, and you, they can put together nice packages for you. All right. My recommendation is, if there's a school that has an academic program that you like, 
whether it's a Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, or if it's even if it's a Division One and the talent is there, go to their camps, go to their showcase camps where their coaches are going to be there. Not only a number one or number two coach or a volunteer assistant, but also where the head coach is going to be there. So go and target your camps um, and, and really target the schools that have academic programs and where you think you're going to be a good fit talent-wise. Other options are junior college, guys. Junior college. Junior colleges offer the most scholarships per roster than any other level of college baseball. And it's great. At most, at most, Junior colleges can offer up to 24 scholarships, all right? And I believe 18 of them can be full scholarships, all right? And lots of schools will offer partial scholarships as well, all right? Dude, junior, junior college is an awesome option for players. A lot of players are underdeveloped by the time they're 18 and they graduate high school, they go for two years. They get introduced to actually a, a quality strength and conditioning program and have get put on a regimen, a schedule, um, an eating program. They put on some weight, get a little bit stronger. Two years down the road, some of these other schools that weren't interested out of high school might be interested then. And that's where those guys that get plugged in, you know, you – Instead of a four-year commitment with a player, it's only a two-year commitment. So from a coaching side of things, a junior college player is a little bit safer bet than a high school player because I can plug him in for two years, and if things don't work out, I'm not committed for four years. Okay, I'm only committed for two years. But you also have more of a track record. You can see what he's done against higher-level pitching than what they may face in high school. And guys, there's also NAIA. NAIA is another great option to continue your college career. You can get scholarship money from NAIA. It's just a different governing body than the NCAA. You players out there, and, and there are guys who, from the time that they were freshmen or sophomore in high school, those big-time schools have been after you, know everything about you, um, have been calling uh coaches high school coaches travel ball coaches about you you know guys if if your goal was to go and play for a large college or university then go and do that all right i'm not really talking to those guys uh with this podcast i, I i'm really directing this towards the players and parents of those in between guys the guys well I would love to go Division One. I. I really want to go Division One, but Division Two might be a better experience for me. Well, then you should go Division Two. There's absolutely no shame in doing that. Same thing with the Division Two to Division Three rank. It, there's absolutely no no problem and no issues doing that. All right, guys, don't forget junior colleges have their own showcases as well. Identify the schools, colleges that you think are a good fit for you academically and talent-wise, all right? But be realistic with your abilities, okay? Yes, I'm sure you do want to go to this huge university that's in your state. I'm sure you do. You've probably seen them on TV and have wanted to do that. But if your talent isn't there, then go somewhere where you can play. Go somewhere where you can make an impact. 
You will love that experience so much more than going to a school that you're just going to ride the bench on and be in fear of getting cut every fall. All right? Don't put yourself in that situation. Put yourself in a, in a situation to succeed. All right, guys. That's it for my recruiting talk. If you guys have questions, please email me. Um, direct message me on Twitter. Direct message me on, on Facebook. Um, I'd love to get some input. If you guys want to hear me talk about a specific topic, um, if you want me to go into a little more in-depth with the recruiting process, um, just let me know. I want to appeal to you guys, and I want to talk about the things that you guys want to hear. Thanks again. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and swing on.